My guest is a friend of mine that, like many actors, have played all positions of the field. Actor, producer, director, podcaster, and all-around creator with over 130 IMDb credits to his name. He's the head of acquisitions for Terror Films and has been a part of law enforcement in many capacities, so much so that he also teaches acting techniques to undercover and plainclothes officers. And last but not least, he is one of the kindest and most giving people I've ever met in the industry. I would say he leads with humility, respect, and faith. So without further ado, Mr. Jim Clark. Wow, Brother Dean, I think I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to uh, record that and put that on my phone and listen, listen to it. <laughs> listen to it when the negative voices start to turn up in my head sometimes. That was a very beautiful introduction. Very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I mean every word yeah, of it. I appreciate it. it. Uh, we, we met... We met through mutual friends when uh, AJ and I, my other producing partner, were working on a movie called In Trip, and I reached out to Jim, and we chatted for a little bit, and just gave me such wonderful insights to industry distribution and, and everything else all around, and obviously just as a, a friend and mentor, you've always been there for anything I needed, so I'm in everywhere. Well, I appreciate that, yeah, and I, I enjoyed that film and enjoyed that process with you as, as you know... It was it was very early in the distribution days uh, of our company, and you were you and AJ were truly probably the first um, uh, people I got to use what I was learning and seeing live, you know, to be able to mentor and be able to say, hey, and of course I had sold other films to other companies before, so I had some inside knowledge, and and so uh, you guys were really the first one I got to do that with and it was uh it was special because i always enjoyed the movie i thought your performance was incredible in it, and aj was as well uh but i just remember being like wow all this stuff i've been doing is showing up in this moment and it has zero to do with me you know what i mean like i i didn't at that point i wasn't even trying to say hey go with terror films like i was just trying to say hey here's some stuff to watch out for and here's what we're seeing and you know the trends and so anyways that's kind of a funny story yeah, honestly, I don't even think I don't think I even knew you were in the distribution side. We didn't even chat about that in our first, you know, however many times we chatted. Uh, I don't think it was until we we spit out kind of a little teaser trailer that AJ and I shot, and my buddy Isaiah we shot on our own, and sent you that. And that's when you were like, "Look, you know, this seems really great. As y'all keep go moving forward, let me know." And then you kind of filled us in that you also do, um, you know, which is. It's awesome. It's like the the things you get when the time is is right for it. Because had you said that early, you never know when your mind starts going, "Oh, we got to do this." You know, you start trying to make something to where you think you're trying to please someone else. It's it's kind of what we go with with acting, right? People tend to get this this mind frame of, "Oh, I've got to make sure I do it right for the director or the acting coach or the producer," and then the masters of this this work later on realize, "I don't, I." I don't want to please anybody. Right. I, I literally just want to be truthful and do whatever's going on. Don't tell me how you think it should be done. Let me let me show you what's happening, and then we'll we'll tweak it from there. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how long it takes us to to learn that, isn't it? Like it's just it's just crazy how long it takes us to learn that. And I spend a lot of my time now, and I'm blessed to be in the position now is where I try to shortcut that for people. I really do. I try to get young dreamers yeah. to. To not go down that path of, of uh, you know, result-oriented thinking, result-oriented acting, result-oriented, you know, you know, true true results is is defined by effort and process, not the results. Yeah. And, and uh, that's why I always say to people is like some of the some of my favorite actors in the world, the best actors I've ever worked with, are not famous. 
you know, you, you have people like Mark Strong and you have David Morse that you and I know or, or people in our industry know, yeah. but they're not famous to the masses. Yet anyone in our industry would say they're two of the greatest actors who, who are currently doing it. Um, and so uh, I, I think the fame derivative that comes to very young actors too, where that's how you show people you're making it, you know, oh, you know, this is how I prove to people. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I just don't buy into it. Making it, you and I have made it. We're sitting here on this podcast, two professionals, two married men, uh, two, two people who try to encourage others who have been very blessed to work at the highest level in this business. Brother, we, we're, we're making it and we're continuing to make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're going to continue to make it as we go further, you know. So anyways, that, that's I try to shortcut it with young actors I work with and young filmmakers. Yeah, and I think it's that. It's that gratitude that, that, that helps you continue moving forward because, you know, as soon as you get the, the minimal shutdowns, the brain starts working backwards anyway. I even think like half the time when I – one of the things I'll do early on with actors when I first start training with them is like I want you to write down five things. It could be sayings or words, but write down five things that you think represent acting to you. And almost every time it's, you know, performance and all these these things that – that you think about when you say the word acting. And I almost feel like the word acting by itself has ruined the beginning approach to this craft to begin with because you automatically think, okay, I have to, I have to act. I have to fake it. I have to, all this other stuff wherein as you grow and get used to this, you realize that all of it just comes back to coming back inside. Can we just internalize these things to make them personal? I'm not trying to show you. I'm not trying to make anything happen. I'm just after something as a human being. And when you get all that other lovely BS, belief system bullshit, whatever you want to call it, out of the way, this thing becomes so much easier. Yeah, Sam Elliott has a great quote. He says, over the years, as he's become more comfortable with the technology side of things, he's actually been able to be more honest in his work. And, and, you know, it's almost like you understand the, the technical side, you understand the playground we're on, and then you throw all that crap out and it's just about me and you having a conversation and you know Robert Downey Jr. has a famous quote there's nothing worse than working with an actor that takes 10 minutes to be spontaneous and what I try to tell people is that that's the actor who's come in so planned and so you know over over trained overthinking it over planning it that even when you give them a direction they can't take it they can't make it they think they do they think they say, did I do good? Did I do good? I did. And, and they did it exactly the same. And, um, you know, and, and even with, with directors and even as a director, I've directed, you know, several films and I've learned that a lot of times directors just want something different. They might say something to you, but the truth is they just want something different. They just want to, you know, allowing yourself to play and behave and listen and respond I do an exercise with young actors I first start working with because, and I love this exercise because when we're kids playing pretend, we didn't ask permission from anyone. We just were. No. And we didn't go around saying, did I do good? Did I convince you I was a detective or a bad guy, good guy? We didn't. And so, um, you know, this idea that, you know, hey, Dean, you, you're, you know, we're going to do an improv here and, and it's going to be an improv uh where you get some super bad news about someone in your family. And you're like, okay, well, I need to take 30 minutes to go prepare for that. 
Well, the truth of the matter, we did when we were kids, and I can prove in 60 seconds of an improv that you don't need to do it today if you allow yourself to just be present and be affected by the news you're given. And again, it sounds easy, and I think that some even really big actors, if you go and listen to these you know, interviews they do, they tend to feel like almost like we got to be athletes, right? So if you were doing a podcast with Michael Jordan and he went through the physicality and the training and all that, I feel like sometimes as artists, we feel like we have to, we have to prove that we work that hard, Dean. We got to prove that we're that smart. We got to prove that we did all this stuff to, to earn it. And yet go work with Jamie Foxx, brother. I have, and it's like that. And I'm not saying that the guy's not prepping, but I'm telling you on the day, that guy's having conversations. He's asking people how they're going. He's talking to his daughters on his phone. He's having the time of his life, putting everybody up around him. And on action, it is just him in that situation behaving honestly. And it's not intellectual. It, it's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not intellectual. It moves down to here. It gets out of this, back down to that. It, it's, uh, you know, early on, in in kind of the craft and career, I I, I kept I, I came from a very uh, Catholic or Christian background, and as I one of the things I loved when I was first going through training with with um, a guy named Aaron Spicer is I loved figuring out this kind of religious background of all the characters I would take on because that stuff was interesting to me, and the more I kept doing it, the more I kept finding this obviously you know overwhelming connection with with one all religions and spiritualities. And then with our with our craft as actors, it was this it was this interesting connection of like, you know, in in religion, spirituality, you get to a, a next level of commitment when you are able to allow mm -hmm. when you're able to just be in the presence of in the awareness of. That's what maxes out with acting when you can allow yourself to be. And just with that awareness, it elevates your acting because most actors don't. They're really good at saying the lines they planned and how they wanted to plan it, but the actor isn't able to just listen and tap into this 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 connection that we have that we all know is there. We kind of you know that's that's the woo woo side, but to me that is that is the stuff that makes this so so amazing from that moment to moment stuff. We we are literally creating truth in a moment's notice. Yeah without checking into how it should happen, all that other stuff. Yeah, of course, there's there's prep for certain characters we may have to do, but majority, 90%, especially TV, it's you. Mm -hmm. It's you letting go, being present, and letting yourself kind of tap into that, 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 that presence and awareness that can allow your emotions to just act and react. And we just go so stuck on that, that mental stuff when you can kind of move, the, okay, let's stop trying to figure out how you're supposed to act Let's let yourself feel or tell me a story about blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden these truthful emotions start coming up and you're like, hey, you're back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't turn off or, or click to somewhere else. It, it, it's, uh, you know, first of all, I, I, loved your, I loved your website. Your website is so good, by the way. Shout out to your website. But oh, I, I, list, I was reading about <laughs> the emotional journey. You had a doctor, you had a YouTube of a doctor talking. I really enjoyed it. It, when I say this to people and I say it's not intellectual, it's not a, it's not a, they, sometimes I think like, oh, so you don't prepare? I'm like, you're crazy. I'm a preparation nut. 
but I prepare <laughs> in a very healthy way. And I, I call it the absorb and explore game. So when I get, when I get material, I'm absorbing and I'm exploring. I, I call it the what if, well, maybe. So, and, and this is actually something I learned from Javier Bardem, amazing actor, mm. is he does yeah. not have a good or bad take. He doesn't believe in it. Well, maybe, that was good. Well, maybe, that was bad. Well, maybe. And when he's preparing, it's not about this has got to be the way. It's what if? What if I'm sad in that moment? What if I'm happy in that moment? What if I'm surprised by something? And that exploration of being open and just, um, you know, because there's two basic things we have, right? And that is scene comprehension and memorization, <laughs> you know? And, and so then you have a lot of people and one of the things that you and I bonded over was really just being encouraging to young actors. When I first met you and you had your school was that I remember you talking about how you just tried to encourage and be light, where a lot of acting coaches are very result oriented. You know, they're very, you, you know, I'm the guru. You have to do it my way. I have something you need. Well, that just instills more fear in, into people. I remember going to an acting, I went in um, early in my career, I went to a school in LA, a very famous acting coach. And I, as I got there, I saw he had two minions run up behind him and lift a chair and take a chair onto the stage. And then he said, this is a true story. And I remember in that moment, I was like, I'll never take this class. I sat there for another hour and I listened to this guy. I thought, I was like, I'll never take this class. Like that just to, to me was so off-putting um, immediately that I'm not, I'm not interested. And, um, and, and so, but, to back to what you were saying and what I liked about your website was it was very, it had an exploration feel, exploring emotions, exploring feelings that then in that moment between action and cut, we're going to be surprised by. And mm -hmm. when you can't be surprised because you've made all these decisions, you've made all these choices. It's like um, someone said once that type of acting is like, jumping off of a building and, and, and trying to hit into a circle. Once in a blue moon, you'll get there. But most of the time, you're going to splat outside the circle. And I'm like, man, it's so, it's so true. Uh, and so I'm more about exploring and absorbing. I do. I prepare a lot. I love the journal. I love to listen to music. But I just now prepare in like a super healthy, a lot of visualization. Um, you know, I see myself. Uh, being on set, I see myself confident, relaxed, receiving. I see myself being kind to the PAs. I see myself being kind to um, the camera department and grips and electric. I see myself, you know, making sure I'm grateful and thanking the craft services. And then I see myself having challenges too. I see myself coming up where maybe a director gives me a note I don't understand, but I now have to smile and translate it. And, and I do know this. He just wants something different. He wants anything different, right? Yeah. And so um, I just find that has freed me, my work up so much. Not just freed my work up. It's freed my life up. Like I walk lighter. I, I you know, yeah. and my auditions, if, I, if I'm, you know, it, two, 2019 before the pandemic, I was 50-50 of offers and, and auditions. I literally had, trans, I mean, I was 50% nice. of my jobs were direct offers. Like think, think about that. You and I talking years ago, when we that's, met, that's amazing. amazing, right? Like if you and I would have talked about that when we met in 2014, we both would have said, your lips to God's ears, right? Yeah. To, to, oh, I, yeah. For either of us, we'd have been like, dude, can you imagine we're going to be 50-50 offers and, and that? 
And of course the pandemic happens and, you know, it changed things and we came out of the pandemic and was super different. Um, but I got to tell you, Dean, even as I go into my auditions and my work, there's just a freedom that God knows who needs the job, who gets the jobs out of my control, but how I approach my work with love and faith and confidence, that's, that's my control. That's inside of me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was I was chatting with a mutual friend uh, on the podcast as well, with William Mark McCullough, and we were kind of talking the same thing. He was like, yeah, dude, you know, he was talking about when he was working with Tom Cruise, it was the same thing. He went through, I don't know how many takes, and I was finally just like, what do you want? Like, what do you want me to do? He goes, I want options. I just want options. He's like, and it clicked. I'm like, I'm, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I literally just have to be and do. There's, there's no specifics, no specificity. Directors have no clue what they're looking for. Casting usually don't has a clue what they're looking for. The writer might have an idea of what he wanted when he created it, but even then, once it goes past him, it's up to the next. I always like to say that I would rather I want to step on set with more knowledge about my character and me, my being, than anybody else on that set. I don't care if it's the writer, or the director. I should be the master of yeah. me. And one of the things you were saying is like I I remember. I think it was a, it was it was some like student films or something like I'd been working for a while and you know and then I I went to some student films because I was like you know I want to just I want to do I want to play for a little while so I went and did some auditions and just like one of the UNOs or a local college or something of that nature and of course you know when you're in that world you you have more knowledge than almost anybody there not in an egotistical way but you've you've been doing it longer than than almost mm -hmm. everybody. And one of the things I took, and, and you can play with it from the substitution idea of like, I took, I took the feelings and the confidence that I had from being in those rooms into the professional rooms. I went in with the, with the, the, the idea that I already know more than most of the people in the room. Again, not in an egotistical way, but in a, do you, mm -hmm. just do you. It's not going to change one way or the other. You just have to be, and, and the rest is, again, up to God's hands. We can't, we can't control that moment moment. We can literally just be and see how it turns out. And that's where I think that brilliancy really comes up in actors. You get to see that freedom and that, that every take is going to change because you don't know what you're planning to do. Kind of what you were saying in the, in the preparation work. My prep is, is past. My prep is history. My prep's not future. Sure. My prep's not how this guy's going to handle what we're going to do later. Nope. Cause Humans don't have that control. And if you take out that whole actor idea and just put in human idea, then you, you stop preparing as an actor and you, you start preparing as just the human that's going to be in these moments. That's where it becomes natural. That's where it becomes everything. Um, one of the places I want to jump with you is I always look at, you know, as we continue to evolve in our world, my idea of this reincarnation is how we have to or voluntarily recreate ourselves for every new step we take because you know more knowledge gains a, a different type of human more knowledge new human new approach what would you say first how many times do you feel like jim has recreated himself via whether it was knowledge or you know connection of religion or spirituality or whatever it is I would say probably since I'll just go to start at 21, right? So at, at, at 
20, I became, I became a police officer. So I'll start there. It's my professional. Yeah. I would probably say at least 15 times and wow. probably the best is this year, this year. I think, I think I've, I've made the most progress this year and I am a man of faith. So obviously, you know, my relationship with God is so important for me because Again, I don't even like to use the term religion, but when I think about Jesus, when I just look at Jesus and that historical figure is, man, mm -hmm. empathy. God, he had so much empathy and forgiveness and, and kindness. And, no, and, and, and so, you know, part of my issue with religion and, and even with Christians is, is extremely judgmental. You know, I happen to like Pastor Joel Olstein, and he's got a church called Lakewood. And I think Joel, I think his family, his brother Paul is a doctor. I think these are beautiful people. Now, I don't know how much money they make. I don't care. I don't know how many books he sold. I don't know any of that. But I know that this guy does try to be positive. He tries to love on people inconsistently at a high level. Do you know how many Christians I've met that bang, him, bang on him, that make fun of him, that tear him down because he doesn't teach Helen Brimfire enough, or he doesn't do this enough, or he doesn't do that? And I'm like, what? I'm like confused by it, you know? But when I simplify it and I say, gosh, he's the principles that Jesus, you know, taught us was to, how many times do you forgive? Seven? No, seven times 77. I'm like, geez, that's a whole lot of forgiveness. I don't know if I got that much forgiveness in me, but, but yeah. the more I learn forgiveness and empathy and compassion and, and generosity, not just generosity of money, generosity of time, energy, finances, you know? So this year specifically for me has, has probably been a time where I've reinvented myself for that um, I'm not defined by being an actor. An actor doesn't define me. I'm not defined by politics. I'm not defined by, um, you know, uh, director, producer, actor, whatever. And, and, and in fact, I call when people say, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a joyful artist. That's what I am. I love and, that. And, I say slasher, but that sounds a little too terrifying. <laughs> I should probably stop with that one. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Slash. Maybe the old football player. What was the football player they used to call Slash because he could do everything. I remember that guy. Uh, um, so, yeah, I've reinvented myself, I feel like, a lot. And, and a lot of times I could tell you that I reinvented myself where I was doing it for results, though. I can go back over time yeah. and think, oh, I was trying to do this because this acting coach or this – person I'm over here and I'm like, Oh, I want that career. So let me now, now find a mimic. Yeah. You know, a little bit, you know, a little bit of like, you know, uh, they're, they're doing this. Let me get in this lane and stay in this lane. I had people tell me like, you got to stop You got to stop producing and directing. You need to focus on acting. I've literally had people tell me that and praise Jesus. Yeah. I didn't listen because Dean, if I would have listened to that, I wouldn't have the, the blessings of my life right now where I still have stuff to do, um, even though we're on this strike, you know, I have things I can do and, right. and, um, and I'm very blessed by that. And, uh, so I'm, I'm glad I didn't listen to, to those people who, who tried to put me in a box. Yeah. I'm sure you remember, but it used to be the old, the old question when you were, you were an actor, it was, Oh, are you a comedy actor? Or yes. a drama actor? And I was always befuddled. Cause of course I'm getting here going, what's, what's the difference? 
Why do I? Why do I have to choose those? And you know, nowadays, a, a lot of, especially from the marketing side of of being an actor, we we do try to help actors go. Hey, let's let's figure out that type. Let's figure out where you fit best. I want to help them understand where they fit best, so that you can start making some money moving forward. You know, with bookings. But I also I never want to put people in and you know create the box that they can't get out of because. I know not a lot of actors get this this freedom to do so, but I have played such an array yeah. of, of different roles <laughs> that I would have never gotten that chance had I decided, okay, this is where I fit and I need to do it. I was I was telling Mark one of the funniest phone calls I ever got was from my manager that said, Hey, his first series and like, they really, really loved you. Uh but they said, You don't know how good looking you are. <laughs> I just sat in amazement going, I don't know how to know how to do that. So I told Mark, I was like, I went back, I did what I thought was right. And then he called me immediately after, what did you do? I'm like, I, I acted good looking. How, what do you mean? They said you were kind of douchey. Good looking guys are douchey, right? No? So, yeah, yeah it's, you know, yeah. You, you find your way through these things. And, and one of the things that I like that you were saying that you found in in this spirituality's religion was was the empathy and the compassion and i i feel that if you if you approach acting in the right way that's what you're elevating mm -hmm. how do you play roles that you know we've played bad guys how do you play this horrible human being to everyone else without trying to find empathy and compassion for how you became that to begin with cuz no one thinks of themselves as a horrible human being they 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 assume they're doing what they're doing for the for the right reasons. Uh, some I mean think about all of the wars fought and people killed literally over just the name God. Just deciding what they wanted to to put after God, Jesus, God, Allah, God, yeah. you know, all of the 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 plethora of names and it was fought just just over the name. So I think it's that that if we can find the roles that allow us to find those compassions and it's the weirdest way to find compassion right i need you to play hitler with compassion yeah. okay <laughs> if that doesn't put your mind into a boggle <laughs> i don't know what um so we talked about kind of trusting process and faith uh and you and i kind of chatted about this when we started but this this idea of inspired action what are the things that you feel like you've um, you've been able to kind of let go or, or kind of move out of the way to find that that inspired action? I, I know you've you've reached a point in your life now that that you know you connect quick, you 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 trust the instinct and the faith and the process much faster than obviously when we were we were younger because we didn't know we just had everybody else telling us how or who or what we're supposed to be. Well, you know, I think there's a lot of things that happen you know, acting is an art you do while acting. And, and I think this is something that, you know, a lot of times, especially when I start working with someone that's, that's new is they're just trying to figure out a, how do I get an opportunity to act, you know? And so I think a lot of that is just being multi-tooled, right? Um, I do a lot of sketch comedy and I'll have people say, man, why did, why did you start interrogations gone wrong? Or why did you start this? And I said, because the truth of the matter is my prep, the whole process does not change. That's why I say big movie, little movie, doesn't matter to me. 
you invite me to come to your house next weekend and shoot a short film, you're getting the same guy that Peter Farrelly got on the Green Book. That's my honor and integrity. That's, that's me. That's how I choose to be an, ad, uh, uh, an artist. I also think that as I embrace this thing, you know, another thing, you, you talked about comedy actor, drama actor. Well, I remember coming up and it was leading man or character actor. Well, let me right. tell you something. Call me a character actor all day long. I am blessed and honored and humbled to be a character actor. Like you, I have played a gamut of people. And when we first come out, we think, oh, that, that leading man is so important. And then you get to where we are now, and it's like, man, John C. Riley, oh, Will Ferrell, oh, yeah, they're character actors. Um, you know, or again, to, to go to uh, Woody Harrelson is a character actor who plays a lot of leading man, but he's been a character actor since the day he came on. Another one, yeah. another one who does not have a good or bad take uh, uh, mentality. I worked with Woody, and after every take, he had a smile on his face and like free. Oh, yeah. And so some of that stuff, I think, is just as you work and as you get an opportunity and then embracing there's no failure in our art. You, you, we have to get away from this idea. And again, this goes back to result-oriented people telling this is not math. That's not what we're doing as artists, you know? And also in TV and film or making movies is we are true collaborators. If you don't want to collaborate, go be a painter because I don't understand yeah the process of not understanding that we're going to be better together. You know, it's the old African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And so I think now it's like the same thing that I look back over my law enforcement. I'm in my 27th year of law enforcement, 17 of it's been part-time. I did 10 full-time. Empathy is a superpower. Why as an artist, empathy and vulnerability, that's our superpower knowing our body. So if you and I are between action and cut, first of all, feelings aren't facts. How many times have you thought, oh, that take was terrible. And then the director comes up and says, that's a circle take, exactly what I wanted, right? So, but our job is to know our tool. Our tool is our body. And that's being able to let go of negative thoughts and continue to be present, right? So I think all of that stuff coming together, the work, writing, directing, producing. Uh, I just produced an album. I never, I have no musical talent whatsoever. I don't sing, I don't play anything, but I always was interested. And just a few weeks ago, me and my friends and a couple guys, and we went up and we produced six songs and um, I'm very excited wow. about, it, about it. And that type of, of freedom has changed and impacted that inspiration you're talking about. I'm inspired by other generous people. I'm inspired by, I mean, the one I always get is, is everybody who's anybody wants to know about being friends with, you know, Keanu. And I'm like, I would be friends with that guy if he was a plumber. Trust me. I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. If he chose to retire today and never work again and go live in a cave, guess who would be his friend? This guy. Because I was inspired by his humility and generosity and kindness for people. Um, and so I, I think all of that has changed into the duree where my, I, that that dedicated inspiration, that focused inspiration is, it's not all about me. I'm, it's not all about me, right? If I show up to set, I want to, I want to, I want to do anything I can to be a great ball player and help you be better. And 
You know, I, right. I remember someone saying, oh, visualize yourself at the Oscars when I was, visualize yourself getting awards. I just thought about this yesterday. I was doing some visualization. Do you know what I visualized being? Being in the audience of my friend getting the Oscar and looking down and thanking me for my friendship. That's been the biggest change in my, in my life from where I started to where I am now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it goes along with, with all the ideas that we've understood from all ancient spiritualities. We, we have to get to a level of resonance that is on the same plane of what we're actually trying to get to. The best way to do that is finding the, the, the giveness that you can give to others because you're automatically elevating yourself. When you're doing it for yourself, yes, of course, that's, that's self-work, but at the same time, there, there's almost a dip you have to go to when it's me first mm -hmm. versus when I'm trying to do it for you. I mean, think about it. Anytime, anytime someone asks you to do something, even if it's something you wouldn't have done for yourself, you do it for them because you want to make it, you want to make them feel better. I was, you know, I did a podcast not long ago and that was the same ideas. I wanted, I kind of got into acting because I saw how much, how much laughter or how much, you know, letting go of their own daily bullcrap that they didn't want to deal with that getting to see the the elevation that i could give someone just from being an idiot was so fulfilling to me that i was like i want to go be an idiot some more and of course my mom didn't think that was the best <laughs> here, here we are, are. here we are <laughs> yeah um so i you know there's there's not many actors that have such a uh an amazing career in law enforcement that you have what was it and and how did this come about? Cause I'm, I'm assuming you probably did undercover work for a while yourself. I did. Right? Mm -hmm. Was it before you ever did any acting training or after? Well, I hadn't, I wouldn't, I, I'd had a couple of acting classes. So I, I my last two yeah. years of full-time work, I was an undercover narcotics detective. And, uh, and so I had already, in fact, I was on my first big booking was a show called the wire. And I actually played an undercover police officer on the wire my first speaking lines in like a big, big show while I was still working undercover. So, um, that was, uh, so I had been, I had went back to college about three or four years into my law enforcement. I went back to college and I took theater classes and Dr. Brenda Lewis Holmes, who I've talked about on other podcasts, you know, was my, she was that dreamer that changed my life. She was this beautiful African-American woman who had actually came from, she was a, a graduate of Harvard, but she was teaching in the DC area. And after my first assignment, she pulled me aside and she says, I've been doing this 20 years. And I've never told any student this, but you could do this professionally. And I had done my first assignment and I found like a monologue and just kind of winged it, you know. And uh, yeah. and so I, I took a, a semester of, of training with her and then, you know, kind of picked up, like took an acting class in D.C. at like a local acting that, you know, theater lab. Another great guy named Michael Mack who spoke favor over me, to be honest with you. Like he, 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 you know, spoke wisdom and, and he encouraged me. Um, and, but that was about it for the undercover work. And so what led me to teaching the, the eight hour intensive I teach once a year now at the police academy is when I went from working the streets on a Friday to undercover work on a Monday. Um, and I'm not, I'm not giving away any trade secrets because at this point things have changed. <laughs> Because this is this is yeah. you know 17 years ago, I walked in and my my, my new partner said, um, 
get rid of your handcuff key on your keychain because every cop carried a, a you know you carry a key i still carry a key on my keychain today in case you're ever handcuffed and he's and he said get rid of your holster only cops wear holsters back back then you know so he goes all right let's go buy dope <laughs> and that was that was the training that was that was it you know and uh and and so uh and we went out and you know uh, we were buying pills at a at a waffle house and it, it it was um it was poor waffle, poor waffle house, house. Always I, lo- waffle I, I love waffle house too <laughs> to this day it's like my go-to but it was uh at the time that was just you know ha- so it's cheesy it, it happened to be the happened to be this um this uh this lady selling some pills so anyways um one of the things i wanted to do now was was go back in and give some you know, just some foundational principles. Now I make the class very yeah. fun, just so you know, like I, it, it's a very fun class. I don't get too into the tactical weeds because tactics change. And uh, also that needs to be a priority, but I do, I do get into, we get them up on their feet from hour one to hour eight. They're, they're working, they're improving. And, and Dean, every time I've taught the class by the end of the day, I could film the last exercise and it'd be a short film. It, it, cops are natural actors. Just by the base yeah. of going through different, you know, 20 calls a day and you're putting on this different hat. Uh, but, yeah, that that was very limited uh, training for me when I before I started buying buying drugs and, and stuff like that uh, as a as a cop. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. My overall goal is to help people find tools and processes that can increase your health and wellness all while building the life you desire. You all know how important ingredients are to me, and that's why I want to share Organifi with you. I use a lot of their tools, and here's why. All of their products are USDA organic, certified gluten-free, glyphosate residue-free, non-GMO verified, and supported by Vitamin Angels. Everything is sourced from ethical farms and delivered in sustainable packaging. You can go to OrganifiShop.com and use code WEST20 for a whopping 20% off. Now back to the show. My uh, my uncle was, I want to say, uh, undercover narcotics and then... And then my, my other uncle was a, I'll tell you this in a second, but um, I believe he was out of Dallas and did undercover work. I, I He sent me a picture one time and it's like just his, he's got curly hair. He's um, Hispanic, so he's got super curly hair, but it was shaved here and just bleach blonde <laughs> thing going on. I was like, I would have been like, he's trying to, I'm just being honest. <laughs> But randomly enough, and, and this might be a family secret that someone later will be like, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> the first person he ever arrested was his brother. Wow. Wow. Still a little rough. Wow. There. Still a little rough. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so one of the other things that we, you and I chatted about was our life support, our, our circle of friends. Um, and, you know, we know how powerful words are. We know how powerful the support system is. This, is. this isn't one of those crafts you can you can do it alone because, of course, you know, 80% of our work is alone. Yeah. I, I would say almost 90% of our work is alone. The, the 20% that we get to be on set, absolutely. Absolutely. But the auditions, the prep, the time that you're reading through scripts, all that stuff is, is us putting ourselves through the, through the work. I think that's if, – if, if I didn't have people that supported me uh, just in, – and literally not even supporting me as an actor, but just you know my wife, yeah. uh, my, my best friends that just check on me. How you doing, man? What's been going on? And that give me positive things all of the time. 
versus you know those those shadow friends that that only ask you, hey, did, did you audition for blah blah blah? Yeah. I I I used I would even know what to say to that sometimes because I knew the friend was literally just asking so they could know if they were if they went in if if I was going for the same project or what I was auditioning for lately and and I always you know it's it's a weird industry where you're you're partially guarded for things you don't really need to be but it really just depends on the approach of the other person other friends would be like hey man did you audition for anything good lately I'd tell you everything I'd say hey call blah 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 they could probably get you in they haven't finished yet I'm more than happy to uplift cuz we yeah. know you know later on this is <laughs> You and I could be going for the same role. If they're booking me, they weren't That's booking right. you. If they're booking you, they weren't booking me. That's right. Period. That's right. There are competitions between you and you. That's it. I mean, it's you and you. And and efforts between you and you is what, you know, it's a Ray Lewis yeah. quote. And a, a Hall of Fame linebacker, you know. And, and, you know, like I don't compete against anyone else. I compete against myself. I don't need to be doing better than you. I want to be doing better than I was yesterday. I wanted to be doing better than I was a year ago. One thing I will say I've learned about this business is inherently, you know, look, it's a competitive business. It's a, it's a, this business can beat you down. And, and I'm not saying that there's not other businesses out there that can beat you down as well, but I don't know of a, of a me personally, I don't know of a more unique industry where if you and I said tomorrow, we want to become a bank manager, there's a, there's a very clear line of steps to become that bank manager. Mm -hmm. You, I know people that have gone to Juilliard and have it. They don't have 10 of the credits I have. And they went to Juilliard, a premier place or went to Tisch or, 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 or you know, how many directors have you met from Tisch or USC who've never directed a film? Um, and I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying that's how hard the industry is. You can be extremely talented and educated and, and somehow the stars don't line up for you to have your break or how many people settle. I know before I met Jack Plotnick, who is an award-winning actor and filmmaker and acting coach in, in L.A., who was the first acting coach I met. And the reason I, I really latched to him was I met him at a time in my life where my producing career was going very well. Uh, in fact, I was producing a movie uh, that starred Kate Beckinsale, Nick Nolte, that I put Mark in. It was one of Mark's first book. It helped him helped him tape at his at his at his home when he still lived in L.A. And I had a lot of people, you know, saying, "Oh, this is you know done with the acting." And in my head, I I started saying, "Well, maybe this is God showing me like this is the this is the road of least you know um, uh, least trouble or whatever the saying is." Yeah. Least, least resistance. And so, but at the same time in my, in my belly, I just knew I had more to give because I'd be on set and I'd be watching the acting and it just was something inside of me. It's like, no, I don't belong here. I belong there. I, 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 I got something to say and I'm not comparing myself to any of those greats. It was an amazing cast. So a friend of mine, Chris Gann, this, the amazing actor and stunt coordinator, does he's worked with me for years, does all my films. He uh, he invited me to Jack Plotnick, and I meet Jack Plotnick. Now, if, if you don't know who Jack Plotnick is, he's probably got 140, 150 acting credits. He, he's directed you know a few movies, directed a big Sony movie. But you know, Dean, he was the first time I walked into a room and I met an actor who was in the pit. He was still doing it. This He wasn't talking to me from I've got it figured out hill over here. 
You know, he's in the game. He's auditioning. He's he's working. He, you know, self tapes. And he spoke with so much love and kindness and generosity that it was a life changing moment for me, which is where I think it led me to want to do that for other people. Right. To to people who. But look, I was this close to giving up. I was this close and God led me there. And, and the only thing I had to be open to was this friend invited me. If I would have said no, if I would have settled for the money and the producer and the title thing, right? And and I say all that just to say is that, is that this business has that element to you, right? It has that element of like, well, you've been at this for four years, Dean, and you haven't booked a leading role opposite Tom Cruise. Maybe that's God telling you you should quit. Like, What? There's no, there's no elevator to success in this business. We all take the stairs, baby, and just one stair at a time. And sometimes we, we'll, hit, we'll hit three or four bookings back to back, and we might go two or three floors. Yeah. And then guess what happens? Then all of a sudden, you, you feel like you're just stuck on that floor for a bit. And so when I, when I really think about what you're saying with a lot of this, with other actors and other people in this business, is a friend of mine said, Givers have to set limits because takers don't have any. And I have learned that there's a lot of takers in this business, for sure. There's a lot of people Mm -hmm. who are my friend when I'm casting a movie, producing a movie, directing a movie, financing a movie, putting them in a movie, selling their movie, helping them promote their movie, helping them teach, helping them get ready, getting them opportunities, getting them agents, getting them managers. I have a lot of people who are my friend then. And then I have maybe three or four who I hear from when my mother passed. Or when my father passed or when maybe all of a sudden I'm not on social media for a, a, a little bit and someone says, maybe I should check on, on Jim, make sure he's okay. And I'm not knocking people. I'm just saying that this business is inherently, what can I get from you? Oh, you're going to a networking bit. Yeah. You're going to a red carpet. Can I go to the red carpet with you? I want to get, I, I want to get a picture in, 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 um, what, what's the, what's the one everybody wants with the Getty. I need a Getty image. I need a Getty, a, yeah, a Getty, Getty image. image. And, and, if I, you know, I, if I told you how my tree has spread where I've tried to do that for people and to be quite honest with you, the amount of people I feel who honor that is less than 5%. It's less than 5% of people who not, not honor me, honor the effort that another human put into helping them in their journey. Yeah. And I don't get that about this profession. I can tell you in law enforcement, brother, I, I, I still get calls from people today that 20 years ago, I did something that inherently they thought I helped them. And like, hey, man, you never forget. You talked to me about this one time and it really stuck. You told me I was speaking wrong to someone. You, you, I mean, I still some of my closest friends today are in the law enforcement community. They're some of the biggest supporters I have. They're some of the ones that are constantly telling me to go further. Um, and yet, I mean, h- how many people have financed? I mean, just to, you tell me, Dean, how many people have financed a movie themselves and called you up and just said, Dean, I want you to be in this movie. I wrote it. I financed it. And I wrote a leading role for you. How many times has that happened to you in your career? No audition, no nothing. A friend and colleague just says, I've written a film. I'm directing a film. I'm financing a film. And I wrote this starring role for you. Wow. And, and how blessed are you that's happened? Think about that. Huge. Still two of the best friends I have to this day. 
and and one of them's not even necessarily in the the producing or you know game anymore. He's he's entertainment, but he's not you know not in that world necessarily. And it was one of my my first leading roles that that got you know published and put out there. You never forget it. And same deal. He had posted a few days ago. Uh, his uncle passed, and his uncle was like my uncle in L.A. You know we caught up over that and it's 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 we we were friends to the core that that was before the film stuff you know the film stuff came later yeah yeah i just know that this new invention of myself for sure is i want to take time every day to praise god for the people who've been in my life who've changed my life who've helped me change for the better yeah. You know, I talk a lot about my sheriff, Sheriff David Decatur, Stafford Sheriff's Office, where I'm, I'm still a part-time special deputy sheriff assigned to him. And um, I've made a couple of movies with him, uh, documentaries. I've traveled. Um, I've got a chance to take him to John Wick, and he got to meet Keanu. We did some charity stuff together. But when people are like, oh, well, you, is that just because, like, you're a deputy there? I'm like, no, 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 no. This man changed my life. God put this man in my life. And he has changed my life from the day I met him when I was 19 years old. He's inspired me, encouraged me. He's taught me what a man of integrity truly is. He's taught me that integrity can't be on a light switch. You either have it or you don't. Uh, he's taught me to admit when you're wrong. He's taught me the true leadership is, 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 is people. It's, it's about how people. And, I, and, and I, if I look back at my career, I can tell you, as an actor, Dean, I'm generally I show up to set and I, I leave a set better than I found it as an actor. I can't always say that as a director and producer because at times I did le let the pressure of that job and that task get me off of, of, of my, of my center, right. Of, of who I really want to be. And that is spreading light and love. And so really I've used acting as my, I was like, Oh no, that the the way I approach acting is needs to be the same way I approach directing and producing. Leave these sets better than I found them. And Sheriff David Decatur is someone from 19 years old. I've never seen him not leave someone better than he found them in my entire life. And now we've been friends, you know, almost 30 years. Um, and so, yeah, it, it that's the you know. So now my focus is don't worry about who necessarily appreciates what got, you know what maybe you and I do or what we're doing do it because it's our why do it because that's how God has made us to be and 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 the people who appreciate us great and the people who appreciate the gift great people who take it and just you know go on and forget it that's okay too but I need to be someone who honors the people who have affected my life greatly I need to be that yeah that's what I that I can control that you know I call those um, energy vampires, Ugh. where they they come in, they get their energy when they need it, and then they're they're out mm. to go do whatever. They took yours. It's gonna it's gonna sustain them for a bit. I also used to uh, liken it to um, to having a truck, living in Los Angeles, because <laughs> everybody moves <laughs> twice a month. And uh -huh. If you if you help them the first time, I promise you they will call you with a need to move again. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. My, my, um, I remember sitting in a in a business class that my acting coach was coaching at one point, and one of the things he said that the first time he said it, I was just like, "What is he talking about? That just sounds horrible." But I remember him saying, "There is going to be a point in your life or in your career 
that you are going to have to fire people. It might be friends, it might be family, but you will have to fire them. I want you to be prepared for that now because it may not be the easiest thing, but it might be the best thing that you've ever done because you cannot climb that ladder when people are holding on to your legs. Yeah, yeah man. Be, there's another great quote that, that makes me think of that is uh, make sure you surround yourself with people that feed you, not just need you. And, um, and and to rip off Pastor Joel Osteen again is one of the things he says is about firing people or letting people go. You don't have to make a big production about it. You just quietly say, you're no longer helping me up that ladder and I can't have you holding my leg down. So I'm going to have to let you go and wish you the best and, and, and pray for you, you know, but I don't have to tell you I'm letting you go. I don't have to tell you what has happened, you know, just, just wish you the best and, and move on, but uh, slowly part ways, slowly part ways. And some of that too is, is I will say is that it's very easy to become complacent in life. You know, we have a saying in police work, complacency kills. I think complacency kills everything. You get complacent in your marriage and your marriage is going to have some troubles. You get complacent in your profession. Uh, even that you and I as coaches is, is you get complacent and you're just like, I'm going to coach A, B and C because I've been doing this so long now. Well, next thing you know, you're not impacting people the same way that you might have been impacting people before. And I think friendships and I think um, if we're not careful, people do get complacent with, well, Jim's just going to put me in another movie. Dean's just going to write another movie and put me in. Well, of course, Dean's just going to coach me for free because, you know, he Dean met me when I didn't have any money and I just got out of school and he's never charged me and he's just going to keep on. And so that that complacency also can happen to you and I where it's where good enough is good enough. And I've never had that. I, and I don't ever want it. Good enough is never good enough. Yeah. I, I don't believe in it. Now, the difference is good. enough. I don't take that into my work between action and cut now because I don't have a right or wrong take. I don't have a that's good. That's bad. But I do constantly push myself in my preparation. Hence your website. Hence that video from that doctor about um, the emotions and, and learning how to, um, fill up your body and, and feel emotions, right? Guess what? That's now something I have in my toolbox. And cause, cause I don't want to be like, oh, well, I've been doing A, B, and C and it's been pretty good. It's working. It's working. Uh, but I think we can always go further in preparation, especially with exploration. I think you can, yeah. uh, you know, we run a race, we never finish. Yeah, because you never know what what things are going to happen. I've always, I've always enjoyed those moments where, where it has nothing to do with script. It has nothing to do with what was even in the script. Sure, it was something that was based on facts you found. But there's that one little thing that you know you happen to do, because some of the preparation you did led you to that, and it instinctually happened. And someone, usually director, that was brilliant. How'd you think of doing that? I, I didn't think mm -hmm. about doing yeah. that. It was, you know, for instance, I remember one, it was on a, um, an indie I was doing and, you know, I finished, I finished, I was about to eat food in the scene. I just did a quick side of the cross and went on my business and they finished. And they're like, why'd you do that? Oh, he's, he's Catholic. How did you know that? <laughs> Well, in the prep, there was, you know, a couple of things that led me to, you know, he mentioned, you know, St. Blah, 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 or whatever it was. It was something that, to me, from a Catholic point of view, made sense. So I tied that together. And then 
that just happens naturally because that's usually what a Catholic does when they finish their you know quick prayer before food or whatever it is. And it was the simplest little thing, but they were like, "Oh my God, we have a, a you know family scene later. We need to make sure that everybody does that." Okay, <laughs> you know, but it's a, it's those things that you put into place that made sense to you because of you know if this then what that that old improv saying if this is true, what else is probably yeah. true? And if you can find those things that connect to you, you have so much freedom to 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 never be wrong in a scene because it's it's yours. It's it's you in the scene. No matter what you do, it's not wrong. The director may have a different perspective. They may want to try something else. But it doesn't mean it was wrong. It's just it's just different. Yeah. That's usually where the brilliancy comes from. Yeah. Yeah, it's those moments of the where the preparation sh- you know shows up in the honesty of that moment, you know. And and yeah. and um, you know, and I've worked with both kinds. You know, I've worked with people who I can tell are, you know, their every step is planned, every look is planned, and all that. I, I did a TV show a few years ago called Blue Bloods, and and it was an amazing experience, and got to work with Tom Selleck, and and there was a moment in the first scene we're doing where a detective, um, it's not even in the script, but she pulls out a tape recorder and hits record. And I just remember having such an emotional response to seeing that, that she was recording me and, and how it changed how I felt from confident to what the fuck is this? You know, forgive me. Um, had to bleep that out. Uh, and, and all right. <laughs> I, I, I dropped plenty of those. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think on my Instagram, it literally says F word. <laughs> so. I definitely am that. Unfortunately, please don't please <laughs> to my fellow Christians out there. Please don't judge me for it. Just forgive me. Just forgive me as, uh, as Jesus tells us to forgive each other. Um, but yeah, those moments where I would have, I don't, I would have missed that early in my career, in my opinion, because I would have been so focused on um, how I pre- had prepared the scene uh, and go in and do it how I had prepared it. Right. And, 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 uh, um, you know, show them how I prepared I am and show them the work and show them how brilliant I am and show them all that versus really the brilliance is, comes down to the surprises, you know, great film acting yeah. is surprises caught on camera. The great Christopher Reeve said that, um, another great, uh, quote by, I believe it's, um, I believe it's, uh, um, uh, Iron Man. Um, he said, uh, uh, Robert Downey Robert Jr. Downey yeah. Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Said, uh, and, and I use him a lot because first of all, his, his journey of a person is so amazing. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people don't know this about him is he now gives back so much as a sponsor and he, like Will Arnett, is someone who talks about how he's changed his life and how amazing Robert is to all these other people. And uh, that's a person who talked about hitting rock bottom multiple times and coming back up. Oh yeah. But you know, he's also the only movie star in history that's had two tentpole movies out at the same time. One of them, not in his natural tongue. No other actor has ever done that in the history. He had Iron Man and he had Sherlock Holmes out and they were number one movies, you know, and I don't think he gets enough credit. I think people credit him. I think people like Robin. One of my favorites. Mine as well. But I don't think he gets the level of me personally. I put him in the Daniel Day Lewis category. I do personally. And but yeah. he said, the moment he went from pre-planning, the moment he went from 
because he used to be that. He used to be the method or type of method guy, everything pre-planned, all that. And the moment he got rid of that, and I think it was him who said he went from being the guy that came in and prepared. And, and, and he, so he prepared the dinner at home and he came in and on the day he showed you, look at the nice dinner I made you. Look at the steak and the lobster and all that. Um, isn't it beautiful? Yeah, it is beautiful, but it's cold. And, he tra- and then, he, then he became the guy. He's like, I'm going to make you a mushroom omelet and I'm going to put some basil in it. I'm going to put some jalapenos in it. I don't know how it's going to go, but I'm going to make this dinner in front of you and I'm going to cut it up. I'm going to chop it up, some vegetables and whatever happens. Well, we'll see. And that was the difference for him. He went from the guy who prepared dinner at home, came in to the guy who made the meal in front of you. And what's more interesting. And yeah. I, that's, all, you know, that's all I want to do now. I just want to make a meal in front of people. If you like it, great. If you don't, that's okay too. Cause I'm still me, you know? Yeah. There was a meme that, that had, it was, it was Robert Downey Jr. And it was, um, listen to what the, listen to the redirect the director gives you and do whatever the hell you were going to do. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But he said, but, but he met, there a lot of people miss. He, he did say something just before that. He said, smile and shake your head in right. agreement. And then do yes. whatever the hell you want to do. But that smiling yeah. and shaking your head in agreement is a big deal. A lot of people that aren't mm-hmm. actors don't get that. Like he's by him saying smiling and shaking his head in agreement, he's saying yes to whatever's being given, but he's still yeah. not attaching to it. You know? Yeah. And that's special. That's real special right there. Yeah. And it takes that friction. So uh, there's a lot of ego in the business. So it's, it, it takes a while, to, especially the the actors that made it quick, to realize I don't I don't need to have this conversation with the director in front of everybody. Yeah. I can say, hey, can I ask you something real quick? You know, I, I've had so many times where I'm just like, can I ask you something real quick before we, before we run? Sure, go ahead. Do you mind? And then we'll chat about it real quick, and then he adjusts because it was something that I knew based on character that made more sense. You know, versus like, I think we need to do this. Well, I don't want you to do mm. that. You know, it becomes a a bigger, yeah, yeah, a bigger conversation, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, have you ever seen two girls and a guy? Yeah, the two. Not to be confused with the two cup. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of my one of my favorite Robert Downey Jr. films because it's it's the epitome of of him that that free. Just I'm gonna do whatever happens in the moment and whatever feels instinctual. Sure, some of the lines are gonna come out, but whatever happens, have fun. Yeah. And, and watching that movie was one of the ones that made me just go, God, I love this. Dude. Yeah, yeah, just a perfect freedom. Uh, we will wrap up here, but I wanted I wanted last to talk about new thoughts for actors and filmmakers and focus on dreamers helping dreamers. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'd like to, you said ego though. And I will say is that Mm -hmm. I can tell you the biggest times I feel like I've fallen in this career or I've tripped myself up and, and, and is when I let my ego get in the way. And uh, Josh Brolin has a great quote and he said, actors have egos, but they, they really shouldn't because all we really do is want someone to come up and give us a hug, you know? (laughs) And that's kind of his quote. But I will say is that that ego is a really nasty, truthful thing that does happen and we have to be aware of it. And I can just tell you that now I'm more aware of it. I hear it. I see it. I feel it in my body faster than ever um, because it's never brought me anything good ever in my acting, producing, directing, teaching. It doesn't matter. It's never brought me anything good. 
And so um, to understand that as an artist, like you said, is to be able to take a director to the side that's humility and that's collaboration and that's understanding. And, and, and even yeah. for me now is, is you'll never see me look over the director and say, was that good? Did I do a good job? The director will talk to me if, if they need an adjustment, they will. And, and I've even had people say like, wow, you, you never go talk to the director. I'm like, the director's directing. The director wants something different. He'll come and talk to me. I have the confidence to know I'm behaving honestly and, um, and, and letting go of the ego, which is part of that need to be told I'm doing good. Cause that's part of that ego as, as well. So anyways, my, you know, just because you brought that up is I, I can tell you that for all I've been blessed to do and as blessed as I am now, I think part of that is because I'm addressing the fact of when I've made the mistakes where I've fallen and where I've let that ego wiggle in on myself. And, and so trying not to let that happen anymore is also a big uh, redirection for me or re uh, I think your yeah. first your first question was about um, you know kind of uh, you know change and 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 reevaluating yeah. ourselves. So um, yeah, new thoughts. I yeah. find that that when you when you're in the a lot of times I will try to help because you know I, I I approach acting and helping other actors you know learn this this craft in a in a way that I. I really want you to look at it from the perspective of life, and 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 I want to I want to I always say if 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 you take classes with me for I don't know how long, however you want to stick with me, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Not all of you are going to continue with being actors. It's just it's nature of the beast, right? But what I can guarantee is you're going to have stuff that that has shifted you in your approach to life, because this craft is the exploration of yourself and truth. It's it's about it's about life. We're, we're literally doing the study of life. So when we work on character, I usually reference it in the way of you're going to take this home and you're going to fill out this character breakdown. But what we're doing is we're creating the ego of that human being so that we can slip that on. We're taking the other human's ego because ego is what's created by the that was treated this way. I went through this. This made me feel that way. You're slowly building ego, which is character. But if you can look at it that way, you're really just kind of meshing yourself with this this other version of ego that comes on. And when you're in that ego, that ego doesn't even realize someone's filming them to begin with. So who cares right. what they even think? Right. And so much of that, too, helps when you're really, you know, a few years ago, Netflix started hiring me to do some one-set coaching. And never thought I would do it. Never thought it was going to be anything. And, and, and I, it's been such a blessing for me. But one of the things I work with the actors is, to be honest with you, is, Especially the first, the first job is two movies called Tall Girl and Tall Girl 2 with, with Ava Michelle, who played Tall Girl, an amazing young lady who was new, you know, and, and, but we spent as much time working on being a professional. And, mm -hmm. and the reason we did that, and she was already a professional young lady with dancer, amazing work ethic, but just understanding what a professional is on set, because the more you, you know, people, you know, for example, I don't show up to set and need to eat. I don't do that. I show up to set. I've already had breakfast because I'm not showing up to set to put any extra work on, on anyone. My job is to, I don't want to be, I want to be so professional that wardrobe loves working with me to the point that when I leave, I hang my wardrobe back up. I put my dirty socks in a bag. You know what I mean? Like I want people to know that I respect every position on that film, every position. And so the more I focus on being a professional, the, 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 
I feel the more relaxed I am between action and cut to allow what you're talking about to happen. So if I'm playing a racist, if I'm playing a piece of garbage, well, guess what? Between action and cut, I'm letting that that all that stuff happen and take over because outside of that, I have confidence. Everyone here knows I'm a professional and everyone here knows that I'm showing up with, with a kind and empathetic heart. So I no longer have that concern about letting that character's ego out. So, yeah. Glenn Morshower, uh, a friend of mine, you know, we've been friends for a while. And one of the things I remember him talking about was like, uh, he was like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good actor. I'm a good actor. But you know what I'm really good at? I'm an amazing to have on set. I'm, I'm a super awesome guy to have on set. And people like hanging out with me. I don't get phone calls because I'm a great actor. I get phone calls because people enjoy being around me. Yep. Brother, and I can tell you. You'll get more phone calls. That's the truth right there. I mean, I called, I texted you the other day about a role, right? I mean, that's as a producer and director now, I'm telling you, bro, yeah. that that is everything to me. Are you going to be a joy for the cast and crew to work with? And let me tell you, if you don't shoot, if, if there is a 21-year-old PA and it's production assistant, first job they've ever had, they don't know what they're doing, they don't know where to go, they're trying to figure out how to work in the radio, I don't care. She better be treated or he better be treated as good as you treat Keanu Reeves. Because if you don't, you are not going, you, you are not going to work well on my set. Or, and, and I got to tell you, that, that type of stuff, people notice. People notice. They notice the producers that are one way to the movie star and, and not very good to the, the low person on yeah. the totem pole. Um, and if you want to have a long career, be good to everyone. Be fun on set. Yeah. Be good to everyone. Admit when you're wrong. Make a mistake. Say you're sorry. Move on. It's not about being perfect either. We're all going to have stressful days. But I do agree with you. I like that. What Glenn said. Yeah, it's it's uh, people like having me on set. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Fill me in. What is new thoughts for actors and filmmakers? It is uh, your new podcast. Yeah, season two comes out. I say new. Yeah, no, se yeah. season two actually drops this week. So uh, season two, episode one will be on Wednesday of this week, uh, which I guess will be the September 13th, 2023, depending on when you drop this. Uh, so yeah. um, so what happened was, so uh, Jack Plotnick, uh, again, uh, wrote a book that's free on his website, jackplotnick.com, called New Thoughts for Actors. And it's kind of – and he wrote a book. It's just a free ebook he wrote to try to inspire young actors. And uh, it's what he teaches from. It's it's a lot of what I teach from now with my own kind of spin on directing and produce my own kind of work as well. But that's the foundation. And so um, I met a very good friend of mine, Nathan Gist, and, and so – he is a, 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 a coach, a, a local, like a performance coach and, a, and a, you know, not, I don't like to use the term life coach, I guess, but I, I guess it's sort of like that. And we became friends and he was interested in acting and so forth. And so Nathan and I and my very good friend, Phil Snow, who's, who's a filmmaker I've been mentoring for several years, uh, we just decided to, um, to kind of do something positive because one of the things I struggle with is how many people tell young dreamers they can't do it. Oh, you can't do it. You can't be an actor. You can't be a director. You can't be a writer. You can't be a producer. Oh, it's a pipe dream. Oh, what are you going to do? Move to LA. I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was guest starring on NCIS New Orleans. And that episode was dropping that night. 
Now, as you know, that's a pretty big deal. Guest star at any level of television is a big yeah. deal. And I happened to be visiting a friend back east, and, and I just happened to be at home doing some police stuff. And he says to me, hey, when are you going to give all this up, man? When are you going to give all this up and just move back home and be a cop? And I'm like, I'm guest starring on a hit TV show tonight. Like, I'm doing good. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm doing really, really good, man. And it hit me then is like, we've got to do something to make sure um, we help people behind us, bring someone with us, right? Bring, bring somebody with us who, and somehow inspire people to know is that, yes, you can do it. And if you don't have someone in your family telling you you can, then new thoughts for actors and filmmakers, we're going to tell you you can. And then not only am I going to tell you you can, we're going to try to give you some foundational things that you can do to help you get started. Because that's what it's all about, one step at a time. One inch at a time. I don't need to go from 4.1 to 4.30 overnight. It's some days, Dean, I wake up and I only, I, I might take two steps forward. Other days I wake up and I have a great day and I take 10 steps forward. So we try to really make sure that we're encouraging people with really loving foundational um, ideas and principles that allow them to, to know if you have a dream in your heart, don't you let anyone tell you that you can't do it. That dream was given to you. It is your dream. And here are some, some ways that you can, um, you know, spread some water on those seeds and make them grow. And then, so this year we're bringing in some more, uh, some more guests to talk about their dreams and their journeys. You're going to join hopefully at the, this season, towards the end of the season. Uh, but yeah, it's a really just trying to be positive, encouraging and, um, and spread some love to, to, to young dreamers, dreamers helping dreamers, baby. I love that. Yeah, it's interesting with the perception that, you know, most people have on what we're doing, because like anything, it's not like it's not like we go around telling everybody what we heck. My parents don't even know all of the roles that I've done. I don't watch most of the things that I've done. Not that I don't want to see it. I just, you know, it, it's to me, it, it is something I enjoy doing, but I enjoy doing the work. I don't necessarily enjoy watching it all the time. And and I think the perception of people is like, you know, they didn't see you in a blockbuster as a lead on a on a film poster and they're like, Still not making it, are you? <laughs> what are you what are you kidding? You play golf every day. I didn't see you, you know. You're not winning any awards. What are you what are you talking about? And I don't think most people even have that, that idea of like, I I'm on set four days a week. What do you I'm working more than 99% of my union. <laughs> and so I always think about that of like when people say those kind of things. I have a, uh, which I'll send you because I recorded one, but I used to do in class, I would do a, I would put, I'd let you go kind of to a meditative state. We'd do a little bit quick meditation, some breathing. And then we'd go through, I would kind of talk you through a, a previous memory. And almost every actor has the memory at some point in your life someone told you this is a dumb idea you probably don't want to be an actor you need to find something else and it probably let you down a lot and it either you decided that was going to push you fire you up or it held you back and you're still kind of dealing with that because every time you think about it, it it pushes you back down a little bit and then we go to the visualization of remember the day remember where you were Remember what the smells were in that room. Remember what that person was wearing. I want you to be there as, as present as you can. And now I want you to remember right before they said what they told you then, they changed the words. 
that gave you a hug and said, I love you, I think you're going to be awesome. I think you have more talent than anybody knows what to do with, and you are going to blow this world up as an actor. I really can't wait to see what you do. And they give you a really big hug, give you a kiss on the cheek, pat you on the back, and you say thank you. That's how that memory goes now. Every time you go back to that moment, hear those words coming from them. Forgive them for what they said previously. Love them for what they gave you now. Go forward with that. Because now we're, now we're just adjusting those memories that may have gave us a little bit of trauma, a little bit of, uh, you know. But we know as actors, none of this stuff is real until we retell, retell the story. And when we retell the story, the emotion reacts again. The same emotion that's always coming. So if we get a new story and a new emotion, we're, we're affecting that, that, that incoming future, right? We're on the edge of creation. And if now we're looking at it in this positive outlook towards all of the things coming towards me, we're, all, we're also manifesting in that nature yeah. with, with the love going forwards. And, and, you know, not being able to let go of something or, or even forgive someone that doesn't necessarily mean you guys are, you know, best friends again. You don't ever have to tell them yep. that that's your story now. But that lets so much stuff off. Just woos odd. Yeah. Yeah. You can, there's so much power in us uh, if we choose to use it. You know, the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can are both right. And I think there's, you know, what you just said is, is what do I want to choose to do today? Do I, do I choose to wake up? In a grateful state, I choose to go out into the world and make someone else's day a little bit better, make someone else's life better. Do I choose to go inside and remember some things and then allow myself to, to visually and emotionally change those things so that going forward, I can embrace change and I can embrace love. And I can, um, again, you know, it's not all rainbow. You know, people say, well, you know, that self-talk is is rainbows and sunshine um well you know sure i guess you can say that but but one of the things i said earlier about my visualization i see myself dealing with challenges i see myself dealing with challenges in a healthy respectful way and guess what i deal with challenges better today than i used to so you can say it's all rainbows and people can say oh it's rainbows and this but i i gotta tell you it's changed my life it continues to change my life, and uh, and I'm very grateful for you know lessons I learned from websites or different people or you know a, a performance coach I work with, Dr. Jason Selk, has taught me a lot about visualization. It's a seven to one ratio. Science. It's not make believe. It's true science. Uh, so yeah, that's a good one. I like that exercise. Yeah, I always think it's funny when people give you the whole you know because everyone had the the different thoughts on manifestation when the, the secret came out back in the day. And I always think it's funny because people are like, yeah, I don't really want to, I'm good. I don't need that manifestation. I'm like, oh, no, no, I think you misunderstood. You're doing yeah. it. <laughs> you're getting it anyway. Like, yeah. you don't get to choose whether you're actively involved or not. You do get to choose how you actively involve yourself, but you don't get to choose whether it's on or off. That button stays on. So you can either start being an active participant or you can just keep not knowing that you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. One of the ones I'll usually do is, uh, even if it's, even if it's just, how does it make you feel? I'll usually go, okay, take a big breath, 
On the exhale, I want you to say, I'm poor. And as soon as they say it, you see their face go, Because it feels funny. Yeah. That affects you. So let's do it again. Say I'm rich. I'm rich. They can't help but a little bit of smile starts coming because it just feels better. And that's that has nothing to do with manifestation. It's literally just you controlling how the feels come off of what you're saying. If you don't think words have resonance, then... We were already at a losing yeah. game. Yeah, and that's biblical. Our words have power. You know, it's biblical. And, and you know, I, I believe the Bible is the best motivational book ever written in the world, especially the New Testament. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I, 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 I agree with you. You're doing one or the other, you know, and, and yeah. we get what's the average 2000 thoughts a day or something crazy like that. How many thoughts come in? And, and if you don't think you have the power to uh, hear those thoughts, and this goes back to even us as actors, if you don't have the power to be on set, and hear the negative thoughts in, in your head of, oh, I don't think this co-star likes me. Hear it, release it, and change it to um, between action and cut. We're not co-stars. Between action and cut, you know, this is really happening to me, and that's all I'm concerned with. And somehow being able to hear those negative and translate them in and speak positive, you know, positive things over us ourselves – if you don't know how powerful that is, I, I don't know. I don't know what the argument is. You know what I mean? Like it's not a. You're, yeah. you're doing one or the other. You're exactly right. Um, there was a, a study. Uh, I, I want to say his name was uh, Dr. Makimoto, and it was a study on water, where they took you know water molecules and they put jars of different waters and they labeled them with different words on them: love, kindness, I love you, I hate you, you're ugly, you're nasty. And they would then freeze the molecule and see what they look like over a period of time. And you could see all of the, the, the resonance of love words, you know, the kindness, those things. They were all just, you know, perfect little little shapes of, 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 of equality on both sides. They were just beautiful. And the other ones were just deformed and funky and all nasty looking. Literally just based on the words that were written on them. And someone would come by every day and say the word that was on the thing. That shifted water, and we are about 79% water. How can our self-talk not affect us? When I first got married, my wife would say, you call everyone beautiful. I thought you only called me beautiful. I said, no, baby, I only call you gorgeous. I said, but I'm going to go through this life, and I, I, want, I want the young lady or the elderly lady at Starbucks. I want, I want, I want to be able to say, hi, how, how's your day, beautiful? Because there's powerful there's power in telling someone that they're a beautiful person. Man or female, doesn't matter. If you tell someone they're beautiful, you tell someone they're kind, you tell someone they're generous. Like you said, it, it builds up inside of us and it's character building. And, uh, you know, and I, I, one thing I'll do, you know, I do free workshops when I'm in LA and, um, and I don't allow, there's no, I don't allow politics. It's not a therapy. You know, a lot of, a lot of times I'd go to these classes and I'm like, you're paying people that, the people come in and they talk for an hour about, and, and, and again, I love therapy. I, I think therapy is wonderful with a, a, a person qualified enough to do therapy. But if you're coming to my acting workshop, we're going to work on acting and we're going to work on being a professional. And uh, I did an exercise a couple, maybe last year, where we hit marks. And this one person said, I've been taking acting class for four years. No one's ever, I've never, I've never had to hit marks. And I'm like, that's, that's crazy to me. Who, who, who mm -hmm. like you've, be, why are you not hitting marks? Well, if half the class is 
woe is me. And, you know, oh, you know, this, this is poor, poorful thing. And, you know, Trump this, Biden that, all of this stuff, which is that's outside here. Let's work on the craft, baby. Let's, and, and not only work on the craft, let's work on ourselves because a lot of that politics, both sides of it will make you angry and bitter and, and scared yep. and fearful. And again, I'm not even super political to begin with, but any of that type of stuff that just carries baggage and negativity. And then if you go to a place that you're trying to learn how to be open and honest and vulnerable, and all you are is getting more pissed off and more angry. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that leads to a more prosperous yeah. life in any way. I really don't. I find the, I find the self-discovery of, of, of what we do tends to, tends to mimic therapy, even if you don't want it to. Right, because it is self-exploration. So maybe not necessarily in the political world, because yeah, that's just you know, it's just got so much stuff connected to it to begin with, and everyone has so many completely opposite facts they want to discuss that I'm like, let's just leave that, leave that over there. But the self-discovery when it becomes that, for lack of better words, therapy session, people, you know, we're we're trying to help them access emotion that they probably put a wall up to begin with. And if our, our work is to not only help them move the wall, but allow themselves to feel these things, I find that the I find that the the connection they're able to get to once that emotion starts going is usually kind of locked up. You know, you have a bad relationship, you bad parenting or whatever it is, you put up a wall and you're like, I'm not I'm not showing those emotions anymore. I'm not feeling any of those things. So it, be, it it partially becomes a therapy session, you know, for lack of better words, but it's a it's a self-exploration of it versus a a, co a coach trying to tell you, you know, what you need to do to fix the thing. We're really we're really, really just giving you the space to allow you to feel the thing. And maybe I I'll, I'll do things where I'll say, look, this is something that I think you do need to work on personally. Go home, find a quiet room, let yourself go there. Uh, there's a, the, a, an exercise I'll do called I need, I want, I feel. And it's literally that. You just start rambling. I need, I want, I feel. I need, I want, I feel. I need blah, blah, blah. I feel good. I, I want a glass of water. I need to get in some sunlight today. I feel better than I did yesterday. And it's literally just allowing whatever the thought and the feeling, the emotion to come, the thought, the feeling, the emotion, the want, the need. And by doing it, you, you eventually kind of bypass that, that, that wall mechanism that's told you, no, 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 filter, filter all those things. Don't, don't let that come out. Which of course, as actors, if that, if that filter's so thick that you really just can't let a lot come through, how can you be free into that moment? But when we can start kind of tapping that um, that, that wall a bit that lets you start going. And I'll tell you, tell someone, you know, record yourself with your phone when you're doing it, because you're going to see where the friction's at. You'll know where there's places you need to heal. You need to fix yourself first. Cause you know, if you're, if you've locked up anger or hate, I remember for me, I couldn't, uh, anytime I did a scene with a female in the class, my coach was like, Dean, Maybe it's your southern your southern southern gentleman qualities, but um, you're kind of a puss. What? Yeah, yeah, 
this is this is an argument between you know you and your girlfriend, and, and she's she's done something that you probably would put, make you pretty angry. I don't feel like you're letting any anger come through. And of course, in my head, I'm going, "You're not supposed to holler at women." You know, <laughs> this is a rule. <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to do those things. And I remember he was like, "All right, for the week, I want you to drive to class every day. Don't cut through the canyon. Get on the 101." And I want you to sit in that traffic with your windows up, and I want you to cuss out everybody that cut you off on the way here. And it took me trying to physically let some of that stuff out before I was able to allow that stuff to come out in, in a scene work because I was able to get get access to it that wasn't scared. I wasn't scared of, you know, when you when you when you lose yourself in the anger, you don't know what you're going to do. But once you've let yourself go there in that healthy way, now the anger is not so scary. It's yours now. You can own it. You can manage it. It's not the if I blow my lid, I'm done, right? So I would I would say for me the there's a little bit of the therapy that just automatically gets meshed in because it's it is life. You're you're having to let yourself go to places that you probably didn't go for a long time. And while we can act some of it, some of it you got to let yourself go through it before it can just be free enough for people to catch up to where you're at. Yeah. And and, and let me rephrase because I I agree with what you're saying. When the therapy comes out of the work, that's, that's Mm -hmm. the natural instinct. We will. I mean, I I think acting is very much therapy for me over the years. What I mean though, is that I went to a lot of acting classes in LA early in my career where the first hour and a half was everyone just bitching about how hard life was and how hard it was to live in LA and th- that that's not you're not getting your money's worth there. But if I give you a scene or you and I are going to do a scene together, we're going to do an improv together and we're on stage and we're working through it. And the therapy happens through the work that, in my opinion, is that's the positive side of getting to do what we do. You know, I, I love getting to live in someone else's shoes. And I love when I get to live in someone else's shoes that then identifies things in me, like you said, like. You know, I had the same thing. I had a very uh, Jack Plotman calls it the nice guy syndrome. And I had two things that worked against me. I had the nice guy syndrome and I had the good soldier. Well, think about it. I come up in law enforcement where everything is life or death. When I went to SWAT school, do you think if we failed on a mission, the guy patted me on the butt and said, oh, it's okay, Jim. There's no failure in SWAT. No, there's big failure in SWAT. Like everyone dying or innocent people dying. So um, when I got into really pursuing this full time, I had to understand I had these two big things working against me, right? But Jack worked them through in the work. And he did what you're saying. He would identify and he'd give me exercises to understand where these things were working against me. Um, I just mean, though, is like acting, again, is an art you do while you're acting. And I feel like yeah. all of that stuff, anything that's blocking you, anything from your childhood, anything trauma, if, if you think sitting in class and talking about it for three hours with some other actors and an acting coach and not doing any acting is actually going to further your acting career, I, I humbly disagree with that. I would say use that three hours and go get a licensed therapist. Get someone who, you know, spend that money there and then probably find, the same price, probably the same price, and then find you an acting <laughs> coach who meets you with love and in the midst of your acting utilizes those same principles that allow you to to let go and be free yeah so just to clarify that's what i meant yeah 
I love that. So that the I have three books that I was kind of working on. I dropped one. It's called The Actor's Gift to Manifestation. The second one is the uh, the actor alchemist, and then the third one that I'm still playing with, but it's basically uh, breaking beliefs and empowering perspectives. And in the third one, I want to I'm putting in some scene work for for you to if it's you know anger that you you have locked up, if it's love that you feel like is locked up, whatever those things are, that you're getting to work through the scene work. Of, of of letting yourself go there in you know performance or the, the freedom of not knowing that you're not necessarily having to hit the nail on the head right it's not your personal problem that you're having to beat down it's someone else's problem that randomly mimics very closely to something you're already having to deal yeah. with and by healing this you automatically get a softness to, to what's going on in your own life i love that because i use that a lot when i'm coaching with someone um you know, let's say you're on a movie and, and you say, hey, Jim, come out and help me just prepare for it. You know, in fact, I don't even use the term coach. I like to tell people I'm a preparation consultant um, because, first of all, it, it – Be careful. With that. <laughs> Good. I've been having a problem. Well, I can help. I can help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the reason is is because I, you know it's it's about healthy preparation, right? So by you putting some scenes in the book and giving people an opportunity to learn how to prepare in a healthy way and, and learn things, because what sometimes I'll do is you send me a script and and you're playing character A, and I'll read the script and then when we work together, what I'll do is I'll take two or three scenes out of that and I'll say, hey, all we're going to do today is improv work, and here's what we're going to do. But what you don't know is I've taken three improvs where the circumstances are the exact same as these three scenes. So the character circumstances are the same and the literal circumstances are the same. And all I've done is say, we're not going to, we're just going to improv. Don't worry about lines or anything like that. We're just going to have, well, what starts to happen is those real emotions come back because you're not thinking about the lines. You're not thinking about the dialogue. You're not thinking about how the scene might go. You're literally just behaving as if this is really happening to you. Ding, 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 the literal definition of acting, behaving as if this is really happening to you. Uh, so I love, I love the fact that you use the scene work in, in that book. I think that's going to be very helpful for people. I think that, 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 yeah. that toolkit, right, that we all have gets a little bit uh, bigger with those type, of, those type of exercises. Yeah. Well, Jim, I've kept you for an hour and 33 minutes. Loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Always, always have fun talking with you, man. It is, uh, even though we're on computer, I feel like we're, we're right here. I agree. Um, I'm going to let you roll. Enjoy the rest of your day. I love you, my friend, and thank you so much. Love you, brother. Thanks for having me on, and God bless you and all your, all, everybody listening to this and on your website and people that coach with you. Uh, keep dreaming, baby. Keep dreaming. All right. And, and everyone down below, I will put all Jim's information where you guys can find the podcast and uh, all, all that is this amazing Jim. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. God bless. If you are enjoying the conversation and would like to learn more about our acting and spiritual connection, go to thedeanwest.com and there is a course that dives a little more into the understanding of our universal connection. It then goes into a beginner acting course that is great for actors and any human that wants to learn a new way of approaching their manifestation journey. My first book, The Actor's Gift to Manifestation, is live on Amazon and there will be a digital version on my website. And stay tuned as The Actor Alchemist will be coming out very soon, followed by the actor's reconstruction of beliefs and empowering perspectives. Oh